So today we are closing out our series um, as Pastor Manny has shared, uh, Hope Against Hope. It's a story out of uh, the book of Genesis and you're learning about Abraham. Abraham is a man of God. Abraham was a man of faith. Scripture called him the father of the faith. And we can learn a lot about his story, how he handled difficult circumstances, how he handled how to do life in the day-to-day -day aspects uh, in, in dealing with people and, and dealing uh, also with walking out God's plans in his life. And we've been seeing here that in, in uh, the story of Abraham, you've been looking at how do you walk by faith and not by sight? How can you truly trust God in the most of difficult of circumstances? Because at the end of the day, it's important for us to realize that walking by faith requires surrendering everything to God. Let me say that again. Walking by faith requires that we surrender everything to God. Abraham's journey reveals what God wants most of each of us, total surrender. And we see here uh, in chapter 22 today, verse 1, we begin. Sometime later, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, here I am. He replied. Here, God tested Abraham. And in life, we will all be tested. We will all be tested from time to time and from season to season. God will test his people to prove himself faithful to you and to give you an opportunity to trust him completely. Sometimes I feel tested, especially when I'm behind the wheel. I call that being tested, but in all reality, God is doing a work in me and through me. When people cut you off on I-20, or when people cut you off in that Houston traffic on I-45, they cut you off and they tell you who's number one. And in that moment, I'm like, Lord, am I being tested here? Lord, what are you doing here? Lord, can you help me in this particular circumstance? How should I respond when I'm being tested? Sometimes I feel like I'm being tested when I go to Subway and order me a sub. And there's a person in front of me who orders a sub acting like she has never been to Subway. You ever been behind folks that take their time in ordering a sub? Um, I'll take uh, two cucumbers. <clears throat> I'll take three tomatoes, but not that tomato, the one behind that tomato. Um, uh, I'll take a little bit of salt and just a, a tad of pepper. I'm like, what's constitute as a tad? What does that mean? I'm in line and I'm waiting to get my grub on, if you know what I mean. I'm waiting to eat and fill my belly with the good food that the Lord has made. And this person is taking their time. And I'm like, can you please just order really quickly so that we can go ahead and eat? See, I'm a simple guy. When I go to Jalapeno Tree, chicken fajita. I don't even need to see the menu. Just get me a chicken fajita and get it over here so we can start eating and get rolling. You know what I mean? My wife, bless her heart, I love my wife. My wife wants to try something new every single time we go to a restaurant. It could be the same restaurant, but she's going to look at that menu and be like, ooh, I didn't try that. 
I don't know what it is, but I'm going to try it. Meanwhile, I'm hungry. I'm hangry. And I'm there. And I'm like, Lord, are you testing me at this moment in time? But on a, most, on a more serious note, when you go through a difficult time in your marriage, do you trust God? Do you blame God and curse him? Well, on a more serious note, when, when you're going through a difficult time with your children, do you, do you trust God? Or do you just brush them off and abandon them? Well, on a more serious note, when you're going through a difficult time in your job and with your boss, are you going to trust God and honor God by how you are responding to your coworkers and even your boss? Or are you just going to gossip about them, tear them down, and just forget about them? When you get a bad report from the doctors and a diagnosis does not look good, are you going to be able to trust God in that moment, in that time, or are we going to put our fist up to God and say, how could you? From time to time and from season to season, God will test his people to prove himself faithful to them and to give them an opportunity to trust him completely. God tested Abraham. And in verse 2, we see, then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, and I will show you. Wait, what? Come again? Uh, uh, God, I, I, I think I, I misheard you. What is it that you are wanting me to do? Take my son and sacrifice him there? This was an outstanding uh, uh, command because Isaac was the son of the promise. Isaac had made, uh, had, had promised several, God had promised several times that Abraham's own body would come a nation as many as the stars in heaven. Later, Abraham was specifically told that the promise would be through Isaac. What do you do when God tells you to do something that seems crazy? What do you do when God tells you to do something that just doesn't make sense. Do you tuck tail and hide? Or do you lean in into the Lord and say, Lord, what are you doing? We have to trust God even if it doesn't make sense. God made Abraham a promise, but now it seems like this, this command goes contrary to God's promise. Lord, you promised me that, man, out of me will come many nations, uh, as many as the stars in the sky. But now you're telling me here at this moment that I need to sacrifice my son, the one whom I love. God tested Abraham. God's command to sacrifice Isaac was to test Abraham's faith, to purify his faith, to cause him to seek God. And trust him more. I love what um, James chapter 1 says. James, the half-brother of Jesus, explains it this way when it comes to trials and testing. James 1, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. There are things that God wants to produce in you, and it only comes through trials. These trials produce in you perseverance, 
Sometimes, sometimes what seems like trials are actually idols that God are trying to get you to surrender to him. Sometimes we hold on to things so closely and so tightly that we begin to make an idol out of them. And we begin to worship these things instead of God. It can be your career. It can be your, your, your job, your ability to make money. It could be your family or your spouse or your children. You want to protect it so much that you spend all your time and your energy in protecting these things. And you don't want anyone to get near them. You don't want anybody to get to touch them, but you in your own mind are controlling and manipulating things because in all reality, these things have become an idol and you have begun to worship these things instead of trusting the Lord. What are those things that you're holding on to so tightly? Nothing should take the place of God in your life. No job, no hobby, no sport, not even the church, not even your family. God's deserves to be number one. He should be number one in your heart. God wanted to show Abraham that walking by faith requires surrendering everything to God. Abraham, a man of faith. Abraham, a man after th that just trusted God. Yes, he made mistakes because he wasn't perfect. But Abraham, in this moment, he thought he was good. Everything's going good with the Lord. And then the Lord sends this trial your way. And if we're not careful, those trials could end up, get, could end up having us leave the Lord instead of leaning in and saying, Lord, what are you doing in this moment and in this hour in my life? Here we see the beginning of this chapter. God is testing Abraham. What are you not trusting God with? What, what is it that God is, is wanting from you? What is it that you have been worshiping, holding tight, having all kind of sleepless nights? What is it? What are those things that you're holding on for dear life and God is saying, I need you to release it? God wanted to show Abraham that walking by faith requires surrendering everything to God. And we, you know how it is. God is good. I love the Lord. I trust God. But Lord, don't touch this. Lord, God is good. I love God. Everything's going great. Trust the Lord. I mean, we say that a, a ton. We say that a lot. It's become a cliche. I trust the Lord. You just got to trust God. You hear that all the time. Just trust God. Trust God. Trust God. Yeah, trust God. Trust God until he comes after this. Do you trust God or do we complain and argue and blame others for the trials that we're in? Do you trust that God is working in you and through you? Do you trust that God is, maybe there's a circumstance that you're dealing with right now that God wants you to lean in on and seek him even more than what you have before? Maybe God is trying to get your attention for more prayer. Maybe you've been lax with prayer. Prayer's become a thing of the past. Well, before, you used to pray and worship God. You used to read the scriptures. You used to pray and spend meditated time with the Lord, and you would worship the Lord. And now, because you're busy, that time has been kicked to the back burner. And now, as you're busy and you're moving along, prayer and the reading of the word has become a thing of the past. And the Lord is saying right now, I need you to come back. Come back to that place. 
Come back to that secret place where I would whisper in your ear and you would hear me. Come back to that secret place where you would read the scriptures and I would make things clear to you and you would go, aha, wow, the Lord has just spoken to me. Come on, so, come, amen? The Lord, the Lord has spoken to me in that dedicated consecrated time because the more time that you are busy the what ends up happening is that mission shifts and vision leaks and when you're busy you lose sight of what's very important early the next morning verse 3 Abraham got up loaded his donkey and he took him and he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. So how did Abraham respond here to this command? Go to the mountain. Go and sacrifice your son Isaac. Abraham clearly responded with obedience. There was no delay. There was no questioning. There was no arguing. There was just simple obedience, which later will bring a blessing. But here we see that Abraham's response, Lord, I don't know what this means. I don't know how it's going to work out. But, Lord, I am going to trust you. And he got up and he went on his way. Verse 4, on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship him and then we will come back to you. He arrives, three-day journey. Can you imagine, Abraham, a three-day journey with this over your head? I'm going to sacrifice my son in three days. I'm going to sacrifice my son in three days. Lord, what are you doing you know, if it was me, I would have called a staff meeting. I'd be like, Lord, uh, servants, uh, you guys go over there. Me and the Lord got some things to work out. You know what I mean? Hey, Lord, let me holler at you real quick. Hey, Lord, show me what you're doing here so then I can obey you. See, there are things in life that God won't show you. That requires obedience at the moment. But oftentimes we want, we want a specific plan. Now don't get me wrong. I'm a big specific plan guy. I'm a strategic planner. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You need that to reach people who are far from God and move the church forward. But there are certain things in life that God is just calling for you to do. Simple obedience. Yes, Ephraim. You see that family right there? I want you to buy them groceries. Don't even ask why. Yep, you see that right here, Ephraim? Yep, that area of your finances, you're holding on to that too quickly, too much. I want you to let go and give the Lord 10%. But, but you see this area right here that the Lord's calling you to partner with in the community? I, I need you to go ahead and serve the community so that we could reach people who are far from God. What, what? You see right here? Let your kids go. Stop strangling them. Stop chokeholding them. Listen to what God is saying in the moment. He kept going. Verse 6, Abraham took the wood for the bird offering and placed it on his son Isaac. 
And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up his son and said to his father, Abraham, father. Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. What an amazing conversation we see here between Abraham and his son Isaac. Isaac looks up to his father. Father, this doesn't make sense. The fire and the wood, but where's the ram for the sacrifice? What are you doing? Where are we going? What an inside look of a relationship between a father and a son that is pursuing Jesus. The son is looking to the father to see how is, how is, he, how is dad going to respond when things seem insurmountable? How is dad going to respond when this doesn't make sense and it requires complete and utter dependence on the Holy Spirit. How is God, how is dad and mom going to respond in this difficult season of our lives? Your kids are always watching. Always. And every moment is a teaching moment. If Abraham would have turned around and be like, son, you know, I don't know, you better start praying. Because if not, it's going to be you. You know, difficult circumstance. The dad didn't, in front of Isaac, he didn't, he didn't devalue God. In front of Isaac, he didn't, at that time, the scholars believe Isaac was around 13, 14. He didn't go, you know what, you're right. How could you? Putting me in this predicament. How dare you? Isaac's looking. Is that the way we respond to God when things get hard, Dad? I'm taking note. Because when I grow up and I have kids, I'm going to do the same thing. How could you? Or, Isaac, you know what? I don't know, son, but the Lord will provide. Amen? The, the Lord will provide. I don't know. I don't see it. I'm with you. And I know it's going to seem crazy and it's going to seem insurmountable and it's going to seem uh, un unbelievable. But Isaac, I want you to know that the Lord is going to provide. Isaac, we have to pray. We have to seek the Lord. Isaac, I know it's a tough time for your mom and I, but we're going to get through this, Isaac, because we're trusting the Lord. Isaac, I know you see that we're struggling financially. And yes, we have to do this and we have to do that. And we have to work multiple jobs but I want you to know Isaac we don't give up we don't quit we pray we seek the Lord we go to church we serve God we continue to stay faithful even if it doesn't make sense even if it's hard can we can we can we give God a mighty praise this morning this command from God doesn't make sense God's commands won't make sense to the world. And just because it doesn't make sense doesn't mean that it isn't from God. When God calls you to do something crazy, sacrificially, 
and, and we're saying these terms crazy sacrificially, but all it is is simple obedience. Take a step of faith. The gospel is shown here. <laughs> because the reason why we can trust God when things are hard and when things are good and when things seem insurmountable it's because over 2,000 years ago, God in his great love sent his one and only son whom he loves. See the parallel? Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins once and for all. And he rose from the grave and he offers new life for all those who believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins, your personal sins, not Sister Joe, Sister Joji, and Sister Bob, Mr. Bob. I don't know. Is there Sister Bob's? I don't know. They got there. Never know. I know. But for you, it's a personal relationship. It's a personal call that God has done. And now we must surrender to the Holy Spirit of God and believe in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And it's a personal faith, a personal walk with God that now you begin to walk with God and begin to see what God is doing in your life and through your life. And as you begin to see God's plans for your life, how do you know what God's plans are? How do you know? By the reading of the word of God. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. You're reading the word. You're reading the scriptures of God. You're reading on daily, reading the word, getting connected with a discipleship partner who's coming alongside you. You guys are interlocking arms, and together you're praying. You're in groups. You're reading scripture. You're praying together. Praise the Lord. God has placed people around you for you to connect with. And, and you're praying together and, and you're reading the scriptures. You begin to see God's plans for your life. You can see the ways of the Lord. You can see that God's, God requires obedience. And obedience is going to get hard and tricky and messy. But that's what God calls us to do because your obedience is somebody's breakthrough. God's plans are the best plans for your life. And as you're reading the scriptures, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit will never tell you to disobey God's word. You hear people all the time, well, the Spirit told me to do that. The Spirit told me to do that. Yeah, have you, have you been in the word, brother? Hmm? The Spirit told you? Uh, let's see. Okay. Let's confirm that. Praise the Lord. We must obey and let God handle the consequences. God has been telling some of us to stop the affair with the married woman, but you've been ignoring the Lord. God has been telling us to stop lusting after other people, but you are still scrolling through your Instagram feed, and you're looking and lusting over images that you should not be looking at. The Lord is, wants you to be pure from your heart and your mind. God has been telling you to be present with your kids in your kids' lives, but you're trying to build your own career and kicking your kids to the curb. God has been telling you, some of you, to give generously to the local church so that it can continue with the mission of God, but we've been selfish in our our own mind verse 9 when they reached the place God had told them about Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it 
He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, Lord, here I am, he replied. Do not a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know, amen, somebody, that you fear God because you have not withheld from me, your son, your only son. The very thing that he held so precious in his life that was his, that he did not want anybody to touch or see. God, you can have it all, but you can't have this. Stay away. Oh, God is saying, would you release that to me? Release that to me. At that moment, Abraham lost everything that he had, to, had set up as an idol. At that moment. A simple task of obedience. And I know it seems bizarre, but he was ready to slay his son. But at that moment, as he acted out in heart and mind, didn't understand it. Didn't know how it was going to work out. But at that moment, when he went to slay his son, the Lord spoke to him and said, Stop! You have reached the place that I wanted. The place of complete surrender. The place where you're willing to let go of those idols. You're willing to walk away from the sin that so easily entangles. At that moment, Abraham released everything in his possession. And it was at that moment where there was complete surrender. The Lord provided. Look at verse 13. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the rams and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Can you imagine Abraham's heart when he saw the ram? You're so good. You're so faithful. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide Jehovah Jireh, amen. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. God's command to sacrifice Isaac was to reveal God as Jehovah Jireh. Abraham saw a beautiful picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, a ram in the thicket. The Lamb of God who takes upon the sins of of the world. So today, have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you completely surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Because the Lord has provided a way. His son, Jesus. The greatest act of worship you can do today is to surrender your life to Jesus. Let's close it out, verse 15. Isn't the word of God amazing? 
The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand of the seas. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and though and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. And Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off together for Beersheba. And Abraham stayed in Beersheba. That day, Abraham proved there was nothing he loved more than God. What are you holding on to? What are some things in your life that you've had a stranglehold on? What are those things that you have been worshiping other than the Lord? And it was that day when God introduced himself to Abraham as Jehovah Jireh. The Lord provides. From time to time and from season to season, God will test his people to prove himself faithful to you and to give you an opportunity to trust him completely. Completely.